Welcome to the Tilted Halo. This is a new podcast and it's for anybody who's a woman in ministry. You might be a pastor like myself, a bishop, a priest, a rabbi, music minister, elder, children's minister, whatever your title is, you're absolutely in the right place, especially if you're someone who loves your ministry and you're doing it well and you're feeling pressure to sometimes be perfect and deep down inside, you know you're not. And how in the world to deal with that? And men, you're absolutely welcome here too because this is about ministry and the same thing can happen to you. So you're all in the right place. Let's get started with the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Tilted Halo. Have you noticed, have you noticed something? Ministry's changed. And it's continuing to change. Uh, what I mean by that is, I know when I started in ministry, you know, just doing the basics was great. I started before cell phones existed. <laughs> I'm dating myself, I know that. But, um, and before all of the technology of today is come into being, and what people expect, what churches expect, all kinds of different ministry settings expect a lot of different things these days because of the availability of technology. But it's not just technology that's changing. We'll get a little bit more into that in a minute, but people are changing too. The If you take Gallup in industry measures and any of the... Um, surveys that are out that say about how people feel about God and believing in God and things like that, it still registers very high that the majority of people believe in God. But, and this is a pretty big but, there are far fewer people who talk about themselves as religious, meaning are members of a faith community, or if even if there are members of a faith-based community, they don't necessarily attend all that often. You know, when I was a child growing up, if you were a member of a church, you were there almost every week, if not every single week. Uh, that was the majority of people who were part of the congregation. Now... Mm, not so much. There still are some folks who are very regular in their attendance and, that, and hey, <laughs> please continue to go. But there are a lot more people for whom that's not the priority. And if you have children, used to be that Sundays were sacrosanct. You just, there were no school activities. There were no sports, children's sports activities on Sundays. But now any faith group that meets on a Sunday or a Saturday for that matter is competing with soccer and t-ball and baseball and a band camp and all kinds of other things. And it's like, what do we have that we have to compete with? I mean, what are we offering that can compete with those things if we think we need to compete with that? But certainly for people's time, 
We are competing because there's only so many hours in a day and in a week. And if you've got Sunday activities or Saturday activities at your faith group and there's all these other things, most people will find that because of the rules and regulations for their kids to participate in those other sporting events or dance classes or whatever it may be, the requirement is that they be there. But we don't have a requirement like that for our faith communities, and I'm not suggesting that we do. That It's probably not going to work, even if we tried it. But that means that for many people, faith gets pushed into second or third or fourth place. And we have to find some way to meet people's needs where they are in a meaningful way that says, hey, there's something here that's worth my time. There's something here that says, you know, yeah, these other things are good, but my faith and what's happening within my faith community, that's also really important to me. And to have people have to think about where are they going? What are they doing with their time? That's one major element that's coming in there along with the technology. So we have time, we have technology, and then we have people's ways of understanding. We've just come through, well, we're not totally through uh, COVID and the pandemic. That forced a lot of congregations, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, whatever, to implement technology, to bring uh, their faith-based services to uh, the internet. And quite frankly, that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Many congregations found that uh, they were serving people who didn't even live nearby, who would perhaps never have set foot in their congregation because they now could watch the service on YouTube or Facebook or wherever these were being streamed. And that's a wonderful gift that we are giving to people and to the communities. But there's also a downside to that, that I'm now finding that congregations are having to deal with, because some people have gotten so used to watching services that they're not coming back to the actual service to a live worship service, whatever kind of service that may be. And so how do we get people back in the door, even faithful members? I know for myself, now retired and thinking about protecting my health, there are many times where I have chosen, and yes, I'm being honest here, chosen to watch a service instead of attend it. And that's real. So how do we as a faith leader, as a pastor, a priest, rabbi, deacon, whatever your title may be, how do we then reach the person who is now become a member of 
or technological service, if I can kind of coin that term, um, our, our virtual worship, our virtual congregation. That's a whole new ballgame for us. I'm not I don't have a lot of answers for that, but it's it's a question that we definitely have to address. How do we meet people's needs? The technology is there, and it's good to be able to use it. And people have brought the technology into their worship space to save paper by putting uh, the things that they may have printed in a bulletin or a program to put that on a screen. That's great. I have no problems with that, although I'm still somebody who likes to, to have that right in front of me and to be able to, to look at things when I want to look at them. So having a mix of those things is also very good. But we need to address these issues. We need to realize that the way we've always done ministry is not the way we can continue to always do ministry. And technology and the speed of things is going to continue to change and even get faster. I'm thinking as I'm talking about this about my grandparents. Uh, they're all deceased right now, but uh, my one of my grandmothers lived to be 102 and a half. And in her lifetime, she went from getting around by horse and buggy to people landing on the moon, to airplanes that can fly faster than the speed of sound uh, and go across the Atlantic and uh, across the ocean uh, in a matter of an hour or two from London to New York and however short a period of time that's become these days, all, all in one lifetime. But now for us, the rate of change is getting exponentially faster. And how are we as congregations and faith leaders addressing that? Do we even know about it? Have you even allowed yourself to understand those things, to be able to start to address those issues, to learn what those issues are. There are many congregations now that um, allow people to give through an app on their phone. Great. I have no problems with that. And maybe that makes it a lot easier for people but there's still people who are in the older generation who don't do that, who are not comfortable with that technology. So no matter what's going on and the new technological advances that come, we have to be able to address the new stuff and also be able to help people who are not doing that, who are not ready for those changes and help a congregation move forward in the midst of change. And there's some things that I want to share with you that can help a congregation move forward. There are people who say, well, this is the way I am. There's, you know, this is the way I've always been. This is the way I'm always going to be. 
that's what's known as a fixed mindset. There are churches, whole congregations, leadership of churches at least, but even whole congregations where that's the primary feeling and sense within the congregation. This is who we are. This is who we like to be. This is who we're always going to be. We're always going to be this way. And I can basically guarantee you if that's who you are as a faith leader, this is how you approach ministry, this is the way you always want to approach ministry, and this is the way you're always going to approach ministry, I can guarantee you're going to have problems. I can guarantee a congregation that sees ministry all as one way and no possibilities for something different, they're going to shrink. They're going to stop growing. And eventually they will die. And that's happening to a lot of churches, a lot of faith communities, even ones that are beginning to adapt to some of the technology of um, putting something online. If there's still the mentality, the mindset that this is who we are, this is the way we're always going to see life, this is the way we're always going to see people, this is the way we're always going to do ministry, that puts us in a increasingly shrinking box because the possibilities keep expanding. So the way that we see ministry keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the way we can serve people keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yes, the one-on-one -on -one touch will always be important. We can never lose that. Yes, the message that we share will always be important. We always need to remember that and share that. But we need to be able to adapt all of that to where people are today, to grow in seeing the changes that are needed, to grow in seeing different and new ways to reach people, different and new ways to include people, and to allow people to share their faith in ways that are meaningful to them. Our communities are changing. Um, so many people these days no longer live in the community right where they worship. There are so many people who, and then for that reason, they don't know the community necessarily right around the, the worship space, the building of their congregation. And we've become disconnected. We're disconnected from each other. We're disconnected from the community around the church building. And that disconnection means that it's harder to do ministry. It's a lot harder to express our faith, even, to share our own story instead of just being able to uh, take care of things and add greater meaning to the congregation. So what are some things to do to move from that 
narrow mindset. One thing I talk about with that is small thinking kills ministry. And it will. It kills ministry. It kills us as human beings, too. Because we confine ourselves and build walls around us. And that basically imprisons us when we think that small. So what are some ways to do to start to have a a more of what's called a growth mindset? a way of seeing that, oh, maybe I can change something. And the best thing is to start small. Start with something like trying something new for yourself, for your faith community. Try getting to know the people within the actual physical community around your church building, if that's something that you don't know. Find out more about the individuals you serve, the reach that you have. Reach out to the people who are farthest away from your faith community. And think about and see what they need, what they want, what would be meaningful to them as far as ministry to do and to be a part of, Uh, that not just what you as a faith leader do to them and share with them, but what would be meaningful for them to be part of in the midst of that. But then as the pastor, priest, rabbi, leader, whatever position you're in, what would it, you can model that growth. Part of it is by taking time to learn something new. Um, go to a conference if you have continuing education funds that are available to you, use them. Go somewhere and learn something new. Um, go online and learn something new. There's plenty of things on online these days that we can learn and places where we can go to learn things too, where you don't have to physically go to a conference, but can join it virtually. But do it. And then... Let people know what you have learned. Maybe it means taking a sabbatical so you can do something a little bit longer and study. Um, Even one month to do something like that would be a way of demonstrating to the people you serve, (coughs) excuse me, that, you know, you're growing and you want to and need to continue to learn to nurture yourself and encouraging them to do the same thing. In your messages, teach them. Teach them new things. Uh, Whether it's a Bible study, scripture study, something else, help them understand where technology is moving and how that impacts the church, Uh, your faith community. Bring that stuff into your conversations. And yes, it's going to be challenging to some people. But if you don't do it, they may never hear it. And that's not going to be serving your congregation well. Uh, Part of our responsibility as a faith leader is to challenge people. I, I saw a quote earlier today that said, if I can remember what this was, um, that 
part of what we need to do is to take the, the negative that's familiar and make it unfamiliar and take the positive that's unfamiliar and make it familiar. So those are ways we grow. Again, it's take the negative things that are familiar and make that unfamiliar and take the positive things that are unfamiliar and make them familiar. That's part of growing. It's leaving the the negatives behind, leaving what doesn't work anymore behind, and embracing and adopting and bringing in something that's new, something that maybe we don't know very well, but we can learn it and to bring it in to help our congregations meet today's needs. That's part of what we're called to do. So think about that as you go through this week and come back again next week for another episode of The Tilted Halo. You have been listening to Tilted Halo with me, Kathleen Panning. What did you think about this episode? I'd really like to hear from you. Leave me some comments. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode. And catch another upcoming episode for more conversation on ministry, life, mindset, and a whole lot more. Go to www.tiltedhalohelp.com where I've got a resource guide and other resources waiting for you. And be sure to say hi to me, Kathleen Panning, on LinkedIn. See you on the next episode.